0: are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. You know, I um, when I was just seeking the Lord about well, what to bring forth today, uh, The Lord impressed upon me. I don't don't mean I heard an audible voice or anything like that, but in my spirit, I just sensed a quickening to bring this uh, to you today. Uh, It's it's a sobering message in in a a way, but also um, I, I believe that if we, you know, when we heed the word, God does something special in our life, amen? Like James says, you know, it's important that we don't just hear it, but we do it, right? is that, it's a little different standing up here and seeing you all, I'm not used to this, that's okay, if I have to jump down I will, <laughs> hallelujah, if you've got your Bibles um, with you, would you please turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, now in this uh, portion of scripture that we're going to read here, preceding that, um, this is to do with the dedication of the temple, Solomon was dedicating the temple, and uh, it was a very special time. As you know, Solomon had uh, done an awful, uh, awful lot to build the kingdom, you know, build the house for God. He had uh, invested a awful lot of money, and uh, um, you know, just even over in seven, it just says that. And King Solomon offered a sacrifice of twenty-two thousand oxen and hundred and twenty thousand sheep. So the king and all the people dedicated the house of God. Uh, there was a bit of offering going on, right? I think there was a bit of thanksgiving there, don't you? I, I, think, uh, I, think, I, think, I think they were mighty thankful to have a place to be able to worship the living God. Amen? So uh, <clears throat> following that, we'll go to 12. So 2 Chronicles 7.12. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and I have chosen this place to myself. For a house of sacrifice, if I shut up the heaven that there to be no rain, or if I command the, the locusts to devour the land, or if I send the pestilence among my people, or the plagues that is, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven And will forgive their sin. And will heal their land. Amen. That's the word of the Lord. Now, if you were just to pick up and read 13 and run with it, you would think that perhaps God is a God who um, brings a bunch of destruction on his people. But you remember when King Saul was angry at David? Remember, David had had a, uh, great victories. God had worked big in his life, and there had been great victories won by David. And remember, the people said, Saul has defeated his thousands and David his ten thousands. And you remember that Saul, after that period, he got very jealous. And you remember that the Bible says that a wicked spirit came from the Lord came on Saul? Well now let's stop and analyze that for a second. You know, I've uh, when I've done a little research and study on this, back in when the Old Testament was written, there really wasn't a real word in the Hebrew that described a permissive state. And if you f- study after scholars, they'll say that what this should really read is that God allowed or permitted an evil spirit to come upon Saul. After all, does God have wicked spirits up in heaven? I mean, does that make any sense? No. But God does permit, permit evil things to have their, have their way for a period. Because lots of times what happens is we open a door to allow some evil to afflict us if we don't watch what we're doing, if we don't pay attention to the word. Amen? Now here, the Lord is saying, if I, let's say it, let's put it in that context. If I was to allow, or if I was to, you know, the heavens to be shut, there's no rain. If I was to command or allow the locusts to devour the land, and if I was to allow the pestilences to come upon my people, he's given us a way out. Right? Did you read this? He said, if my people... Now, first, let's make sure we understand that this isn't all up to God, because there's an if in there, and if's a pretty important word. If my people, well, I thought it was all about if God did it, you see, if my people, which are called by my name, is that the church of the living God, is that you, is that me, are we the people of God? Are we called by his name? So then it's pertinent to us. This word is written to us. Amen? So we can take it to heart. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Anybody want to uh, side in with me and believe that we need a little healing in the land? Do we need some change? Oh, we need some help, brothers and sisters. I'll tell you, even in even in our tough economic times, do you know if we will follow after this promise these promises here and endeavor to do what the word of God says that there could be a change in the economic hmm? climate in this area? Oh, but you say it's only me. No, no. No, no. It's not just only you. You are a child of the living God. Do you know that the effectual, fervent of a righteous man, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much? That's you. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman, of course, availeth much. In other words, God pays attention. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. You're coming along with me. I can tell. I can tell. It's coming. Praise the Lord. So we're going to go through these four particular steps here, because there is four particular steps that the Father had told us here, right? Now, just before we get started here, these people were a bit of a disadvantage compared to you and I. Amen? These people weren't born again. Am I losing some of you already? These people were not born again by the Spirit of God. You know why I know that? Because if you were to read over in chapter in Romans chapter 10, it said, If thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus with thy mouth and believe in thy heart that God had raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. Jesus hasn't risen from the dead yet here. Jesus was not risen from the dead. These, these people in the Old Testament, they were not born again. They looked to the cross for a promise. They were looking to the promise. They looked to it. We look back to it, brothers and sisters. We're looking back to the cross. But they were looking to what Jesus was going to do. Amen? So they were at a disadvantage because they, had to, they, they didn't have the spirit of God living in them like you and I do. John 4, 4, what's it say? 1 John 4, 4? greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world of god, and he that is in the world that's the spirit of god that's in you you got the holy ghost that's why we got some better promises here brothers and sisters yeah. we got a covenant of better promises right. so we got an advantage over them amen yeah. so what i'm saying is we have a stronger wherewithal to get this done than they actually did like God had to speak, with them, speak to them in different ways. You know, there was only the king, the priest, and the prophet, that the Spirit of God came on. That's right. The rest, they had, to, they had to pick it up in the flesh. Yeah. They had to see the fire. Yeah. They had to see the manna. They had to see the, the sea split. They had to see it with their natural eyes because they weren't picking it up with the Spirit of God. But you and I are different. You and I, we got the Spirit of the living God. We are led by the Spirit of God. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what the Bible says. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Glory to God, that's you and me. Isn't that good? So then there's no reason for us not to be led. Unless, unless we won't pay attention. Amen. Come on, we might as well say, if you can't say amen, say oh my. It's the truth. You know, there's, there's nothing like getting right up front in things. Why should we skirt around issues? If we need help, we need help. Yeah. Glory to God. Let's just admit it and go for it. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm telling you. You know, I can understand why some of you might, might uh, be kind of cautious into hearing what I'm saying. I mean, after all, you know, I am actually... The least of all ministers. You know, I mean, a, uh, high school dropout, no Bible school training. I can understand why some of you might be ap- apprehensive. But you know, it's not about me, brothers and sisters. It's not about me, it's about the Spirit of God moving in your hearts. I mean, He spoke to a donkey. He used a donkey to speak to somebody. If he can use him, I'm hoping he can use me. You do remember when the donkey spoke to that backslidden prophet, eh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, glory to God, let's have some grace on me, and I'll, I'll, I'll try to do at least as good as the donkey. <laughs> Amen, brothers and sisters, I'll tell you. No, God, God, it's all about him. And you know what? You're going to, you know, be, like I said, the spirit of the living God's in you, the Holy Ghost's in you, so you're going to have a check in your spirit when things aren't right. But when things are right, when the word of God is coming at you and you're, you're, it, it's ministering to your heart, you pay attention to that. But if something goes off inside you that says, hmm, that's crossways, the word, or you think it might be, go check it out like the Bereans. Amen? Be as wise as the Brians. Check it out. So we're saying that they were at a disadvantage. We are at an advantage. Romans 10 and 9, remember? Hallelujah. Humble yourselves. Well, let's bring up that issue, because that's a good one. Matthew 18 Let's go to Matthew 18. Now here's Jesus speaking here in 18. At the, at the same time came the disciples unto Jesus saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? So they had this question. Wow, which, in other words, I guess probably maybe could it be one of us? That's the greatest. And Jesus called uh, a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them. And he said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Amen? Amen. We have to make sure that we humble ourselves, brothers and sisters. And that's a, that's a kind of a cross-way of thinking in today's society. Um, we're actually taught just the opposite, really. We're actually taught that we're to make sure we look after number one, pay attention to ourselves more than anybody else, right? And certainly, if you get right down to it, there's not a lot of talk about us paying attention to the Spirit of God. There is in our church assemblies, but there's, it's bigger than that, brothers and sisters. Amen? I'm going somewhere with this. Stay with me. Glory to God. In Luke 14, Jesus said, Whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. That means there that he is held in high regard. Someone who is like a little child, someone who is resting in their father, trusting in their father, just like a little child does. You ever, you ever, you ever uh, notice little children? You ever notice? I mean, you can have a little child stand on the edge of a step and just hold your hands out to them, and that little baby... A little, little boy, a little girl will just leap into your arms. Amen? Just, just trust you. Just humble themselves and trust you. See, Jesus was saying that we have to become like that. We have to be trusting in our Father. We have to realize that we need our daddy, that we're not going to get this done on our own, that we're not an island unto ourselves, but we need the help of the Father. We need Him to guide us and direct us and care for us. If we start getting out on our own, that's when we get in trouble. Amen? And we've all been there. We've all gotten kind of proud, kind of figured I can do it. Let me at it. Turn me loose. And sometimes we stumble, right? And then we wonder, what went wrong? Well, perhaps we just didn't put our trust in the one that matters. Maybe we just thought we could do it on our own, trust ourselves. See, humbling is, is more than just not being proudful. Being humble is leaning on our Lord, realizing that without him, we're in trouble. James 4, 6 says, God resists the proud, but gives grace unto the humble. Do you want grace working in your life? I know I do. Do you ever want God to be resisting you? I don't. But yet the Bible tells us that he does. You see, right away, that does something to the religious mind. See, that tramples the religious mind. Because we automatically think that God just loves everything we do. Well, he loves you. But brothers and sisters, uh... You know what? He just doesn't love everything we do. And here's where sometimes we go astray. We just believe because God loves us, we can do anything and get away with anything. But that's not what the Word of God has to say. We're, in, uh, we're on a bad track, a bad trail when we're doing that. That's a wrong road to be walking down because that's exactly the opposite of being humble. Jesus, of course, is our example. And in Philippians chapter 2 and 8, he says, this is about Jesus. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. See, Jesus humbled himself when there was no, he didn't really have to. I mean, he had to for you and I, but Jesus didn't need To take off his deity. He did it for you and I. He didn't need to pay the price that he did. But he did for you and I. He humbled himself. Gave his life. Oh yeah. For you and I. See Jesus died so that you could live. I said Jesus died so you could live. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And being found in a fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, the Bible says, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That's Jesus. His name's above every name. You see, so if you've got problems in your life, right away, you've got to humble yourself and take on that name. Because if you'll take on the name that's greater than any name, if you've got some circumstance in your life, it's named. Name that thing that's going to come against you. And then you come against that with the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is greater than any name named against you. So if it's sickness and disease, name that sickness, name that disease. Then you counteract that with the name of Jesus, which is greater than the name that you've named. More powerful, able to defeat and destroy anything that comes against you. But you've got to humble yourself. And you've got to realize that you fighting it on your own isn't going to work. Have we ever been there? Glory to God, I have been. I've gone through some things sometimes, and I go, you get part way through it, and you're, and you're battling, and, and, it's, and perhaps a sickness or something, and you're just, oh, man, what am I doing? And then you just give your head a shake. You go, you know what? I haven't even prayed. I haven't even used the name of Jesus. I've been trying to do it on my own. That's because I wasn't in a humbling spot yet. See, I didn't realize that I needed to humble myself and turn away from my own abilities and turn to the abilities of the Father. Glory to God. You see, 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says, now this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his name, according to his word, he what? The Bible says he hears us. And if he hears us, if we know he hears us, then we know that we have the petitions that we've asked him. In other words, you go to the Father with confidence because you've humbled yourself and believe his word and trust his word. And because of that humbling, the Bible says that you're held in high regard. In other words, there's no resistance now. Because you've humbled yourself and gone before the Father, now you're in high regard and God... Listens. That's the word of God. That's not me. Hallelujah. Check it out for yourself. Find out if that isn't so. See, it's not easy for us. You know, sometimes for us guys, it's a little harder maybe to humble yourself. You know, we'll ride the thing right out until we're just our noses right in the dirt just about sometimes. Just, uh, I can get it done, man. Don't tell me I can't do it. And it isn't long. It isn't long and then we're going, Lord, what am I doing on my back? My face is upwards. I can't get it done. Help me, please. Mm-hmm. You see, if we'd have done that before we hit the dirt, we'd have been a lot better off. Sometimes the ladies are a little better at that. They recognize it earlier. They catch it earlier and they say, oh, no. No, I'm not succumbing to this. I'm giving it over to Jesus. He's my, you know, he's my head. He's my winner. He's my triumph. Amen? Glory to God. So if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves. Put me first, the Lord is saying. Put me first. Because Jesus is well able to get it done, folks. Well able to. Turn to Matthew 21, 28. Here's Jesus. He's got a parable here for us. He says, but what think you? A certain man had two sons. And he came to the first and said, son, go work today in my vineyard. And he answered and said, I will not. But afterwards he repented and went. And he came to the second and likewise, and said likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Whether of the twain or the, which one of those two did the will of the father, which one of those two individuals did the will of the father, the one who jumped up and said, I will not, and then said afterwards went away and said, You know what? My father's good to me, my father keeps me, I live at his home, he looks after me well, cares for me, I have plenty because of him. I've changed my mind and I've repented. I am going to go do what he's asked me to do. Or the other one, which said, yes, Father, and goes off and doesn't even pay attention. Just goes off and gets busy. He's got his own things to do, man. He's, 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 got, he's full of things, and his life is busy, and he's got this to do and that to do, and he just kind of, ah, uh, you know, as he goes on, he figures, you know, it's not really that important anyway. I mean, Dad asked me to do it, but uh, somebody else will get it done, whatever, you know. Well, which one of those two do you think did the will of the Father? Well, of course, it was the one who got angry, repented, and then went off and did it. You see, the, one, the other one is kind of sometimes like where you and I get involved in. We're, we're enthusiastic and exuberant, and we say yes quick, but then afterwards, we walk out and we go, it's not that important, I guess. I, I just can't get it done, and we don't uphold our word. See, that's where a lot of us are sometimes, and the kingdom of God suffers because of it. You see, this story isn't just about somebody going out into a field. This story is about the church. This story is about the church and those that are in it. This story is about you and I. What do we do? Do we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and be motivated and follow through and do what he's asked us to do? Or do we just sit down and say... Somebody else to do it. Good question. Selah. means to stop and ponder on that. Stop and think about that. Put some effort into it. What do you think? The second thing that the Lord had asked us to do, he said, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray. Glory to God. When you... Do a little research and study this. I don't know how to pronounce the proper word, but it's P-A-L-A-L, which means to judge self and prohibitually. To judge self. That means to judge yourself, brothers and sisters. This is what the Lord is asking us to do. He's asking us to humble ourselves and to judge ourselves. Because 1 Corinthians 13.31 says, If we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. It's an important issue to judge yourself. Do you know how you judge yourself? Judge yourself in the light of the word. Don't judge yourself according to what I got to say. You judge yourself in light of the word. See, that same word is used in, 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 when, it, when it describes prophecy. Let the prophets prophesy by two or three and let the rest judge. If a prophet I'm talking about somebody, it doesn't necessarily mean a prophet, but who, somebody in the church that prophesies. We should have prophecy going on. That's, that's a gift of the Spirit. That's, 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 that's supposed to be working in our midst. Okay? So, let the prophets prophesy, by like two or three, and let the rest of the church judge. That same judge, that's the same judge, that, that, that word word's the same that you're supposed to judge yourself in. You're supposed to judge yourself in the light of the word. Like we're supposed to judge prophecy in the light of the word. So you've got to know the word to start with so you can even judge yourself. So if we won't spend any time in the word, we're probably not going to judge ourselves. Then what happens? Here's a, here's a, here's a very sobering part of this whole statement. The Bible says, if you will judge yourself, then you won't be judged. Now I'll tell you, <clears throat> you and I, we do not want to have the judgment of God come on us. I'd much rather judge myself. You all out there, you gone home. (laughs) Glory to God, my goodness. Aren't you in agreement with me? Would you rather be judged by God or would you rather judge yourself? Oh, it's it's, it's a no-brainer. I want to judge myself. But I'm going to have to do it in the light of God's word. see, we gotta, we got to start thinking about how much time we spend in the Word. We have got to start paying attention to that, brothers and sisters. We cannot just sail along through this walk and just with our feet up on the easy chair, leaning back, <clears throat> you know, not paying any attention to what God's got to say to us, not putting any effort in, not being disciplined in any way or shape, just doing what we want to do because after all, it's cool. I love it. I just like to do what I like to do. But that won't, that won't That won't do it. That won't cut it. You may get away with that for a while. But when hard times come, what does Proverbs 18, 14 say? In the Amplified, it says, the strong spirit of a man. The strong spirit of a man will sustain him. Will sustain him in bodily pain and trouble. Where are you going to get a strong spirit from? You're only going to get the strong spirit from the word. Any other way? Not going to happen. You need substance in your life, in your spirit man. You need proper nourishment. You need proper exercise, and you need proper rest. And that's in the spirit person too. Praise the Lord. That's who you are. You're a spirit being. You need to be fed. Jesus said, my words, they are spirit and they are life. That means, the, that, means that word is an actual food. It's a diet for your spirit person. It's like sitting down and eating a T-bone for the flesh. Oh, yeah, Paul said, for you to grow, you have to desire the sincere milk of the word. See, that's some food, right? But he's asking us to even go on and start eating the meat of the word. So we got it. That means you and I got to sit down to the table and eat. You see, our Bible on the coffee table gathering dust isn't going to work. I know those are pretty strong words, but it's the word of God. And if we don't get this truth down, and if we don't start acting on it, and if we don't start paying attention to what God's telling us, we are going to be in trouble. We are going to go through hardships in life. Everybody. But you, Jesus said that, yeah, the hardships are going to come. But he said, I'll be with you through them all. Well, he can't be with you if you don't know he's there. If you don't know what he said about you, if you don't know what he, he said he will do for you, and if you don't agree with that, humble yourself and fall in line with that, what's going to happen? It's going to pass you by and you're going to be in trouble. And I'm not prophesying. I know you say, oh, don't prophesy that over me. Well, I'm not prophesying that over you, but I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you you get in some trouble. You, you, your, your, your advantage is on the word. Amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Well, no, 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 no. You <laughs> no, glory to God, brothers and sisters. We, this is where it's at. This is our, you know, I'm a mechanic by trade. And one of the first things I do, if I go to fix something, one of the first things I'd like to do is I'd like to grab the manual. So when I'm going to take it apart and put it back together, I like to know how it fits If I just go off and just start tearing and ripping and pulling and trying to put it back together without the manual, I could run into some difficulty. It's no different in life. This is the manual of life. You and I are out there ripping and tearing and trying to put it back together by ourselves. Forget it. Humble yourselves and get into the Word of God and find out how God wants to put it back together for you, how He wants to deal with it, how He wants to construct it in your life. Glory to God. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So let's look at the manual for life. Turn to the Bible at every turn, for everything, everything. And God will begin to speak through his, to us through his word, and we will get that leading via the Holy Ghost, and we will make quality decisions, and we won't waste time, we won't waste resources, and we'll get things done in a great and fashionable manner. And it'll work, because God is, he knows what he's doing. We just got to hear. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I got a little off topic here. That's okay, though. Praise God. So it says that we need to judge ourselves in the light of God's word, and it and it. it the second part of this is that we need to pray habitually. No, that's you know habitually means it's like a it's like a place where we live. It's our habit. It's our it's our uh, it, it's our habitat. Yeah. We, we it's a it's a lifestyle of prayer. Yeah. I was I was sharing this the other night that. You know, Smith Wigglesworth, you know, and, and if you haven't heard of Smith Wigglesworth, do a little research on him. He was a mighty man of God, a man of faith, and uh, he had done marvelous works in the earlier years. And so uh, an individual came to him and said, Smith, how long do you pray? Expecting that, you know, Smith Wigglesworth, all the things that were going on in his life and how God had worked through his life would, would be hours and hours. He says, oh, uh, probably about 15 minutes. 15 minutes? You mean you pray 15 minutes, Smith? Yeah. He said, yeah. He says, I, I seldom pray much more than 15 minutes. But he said, you know, I, I seldom go more than 15 minutes without praying. <laughs> you see? It's a lifestyle of prayer. We live in prayer. It's communication with the Father. You see, all these things that we talked about here, this... Um, when it talks about humbling yourself, praying, seeking my face, and turning from the wicked ways, that is all relationship-based. Yeah. It's all about our relationship with the Father. Glory to God. Isn't that good? Yeah. See, that's all, that's all about our relationship with Him. And, and if, we will, if we will keep in a relationship or an attitude or if we habitually are praying, wonderful. We can commune with the Lord anywhere. We can, we, can, we can commune with the Lord when you're doing the dishes. And if you're baptizing the Holy Ghost, which you should be, if you're not, start, start putting some effort and some, some focus and find out what that means. Get in the study. Find out what, that, what, what, what is being meant by being baptized in the Spirit. There's the Spirit in you. Listen, when you got born again, brothers and sisters, you got the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of the living God dwells in you. But let me tell you, there's the Spirit of God in you and there's the Spirit of God upon you. Okay? So you need to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the initial evidence of speaking in other tongues, and you will find that, that will be a, a that is for service, brothers and sisters. That gift is given for spiritual service, both in your own personal life to bring as because it's a because it's a, um, you know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, 4, 14, 14, it talks about how that when I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth but my understanding is unfruitful. That's why those of us who are baptized in the Holy Ghost can write a letter and pray. Because it's not in our head, it's in our spirit. Your head's working out the letter, but the Holy Ghost is working in your heart. Yeah. Now, you, that, that hopefully that gets some curious, curiosity going in some of you. Uh-huh. Yeah? Because you see, this is a gift given to the church. It is a gift given to the church, and it will help you to pray. I was, I was born again on July 11th, 1961. I didn't get the Holy Ghost till 1983. I mean the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the initial evidence of speaking other tongues till 1983. I do notice a difference, brothers. I do notice a difference, sister. There's a difference. And I know there's been a lot of negative talk about tongues. But don't you pay attention to that. You get in the word for yourself. You want this gift. And anybody that's in this room that, is, has that has that experience, has experienced that, will tell you the very same thing. And if you will humble yourself, if you would humble yourself and turn away from every other silly talk that's come and brought a negativity towards you and suppress that in your life, if you would stop that, humble yourself, seek the Lord, he'll start talking to you about it and then you'll want it. But you've got to humble yourself and stop thinking it's from the devil. And start thinking it's from God. And it's a gift given to you that you need. That's, you know, that's the nuts and bolts of it, brothers and sisters. That's, that's where the rubber really meets the road. We need, to, we need to humble ourselves in some of these areas and, and stop listening to all the chatter. You want, you want to get the truth of it? Get to the word. Oh, yeah. You see, Paul said, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. Paul was from the devil? Speaking in other tongues? He was from the devil? No, no. No, no, no. Paul understood the gift. He understood what it was doing in his life. And he said, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. So he said, there was, there was some substance to it. There was something that was going on. He was bringing revelation in his life. You sit down praying the Holy Ghost for a while, you get some revelation. So you want it. Amen. That's as simple as that. It really bugs me when, I, when, when so many people are out there have been talking so negatively towards the things of God. Because it's, it, it hurts God's people. It suppresses them. And God's, that's not God's will. He loves you. And he wants to see everything. Uh, you be blessed in life. And he's got gifts for you. He's got, he, he's got things for you that come only that way. Special revelations for service. Well, glory to God. Amen. So let's 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 focus in on it a bit. Don't be scared of it. Don't 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 shy away from it. A good soldier, when going to battle, you know, stands up in the face of his enemy and tries to be fearless. Amen? Presses in. Let's be the same way. Glory to God. Well, pray. We know about prayer now. We know we want to pray continually. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, you're not going to sit down every hour, every minute of the day, but what I'm saying, it's, a, it's an attitude. Amen? That's, 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 that's who we are. We're prayer people. We pray. We talk with God. We tell Him this. We ask Him this. We, we wait for revelation. We, we commune with Him. And He brings things to us, brings, brings revelation to us. Well, now another one. He said, seek my face. Seek my face. Well, hallelujah. If you're going to seek somebody's face, have you ever been, <laughs> you ever been in the mall and uh, you lose sight of somebody and they sort of drift off and you're looking for them and it's getting close to time to leave? You've got a schedule. It's getting, press, you're pressing in and your kids are out there wandering around and you can't find them. What are you going to do? You're going to seek their face. You're going to seek, you're going to put some effort in it. You're going to press in. You're going to call. You're going to, you're going to be looking. Yeah. Well, there's no different when we're seeking the face of God. We don't just sit down with our feet on the couch and lay back and go, thank you, Father. That's nice. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> oh, is that about bananas again? Well, oh, whatever. No, we are going to, we are going to seek his face. We're going to press in and look for him, seeking him. We want want to know what he's got to say. We're looking for answers. We're going to seek him out, amen? Glory to God, amen? And you know what? Like I say, you and I got an advantage because as we're seeking the Lord, what's going on in our spirit man? As we're seeking the Lord, he can speak to us here. You see, we don't have to have the Red Sea split for us to get an answer. We don't have to have manna fall from heaven. We don't have to have fire come down and hit the altar and burn everything up. Do we? we need, what we need is we need just to pay attention. We're seeking his face. We're after him. We're going after him. We're praying. We're saying, Father, I, I, I got to know that. I got to know. What, what's next? What do we do next? Father, I'm, I'm seeking after you. And all of a sudden, here, oh yeah, you've been praying in the Holy Ghost too. And here comes a revelation. Son. I want you to do it this way. That way, Father, that don't make no sense to me. That don't matter. You do it my way. Oh, Father, that, that's going to look kind of dumb. Well, no, you go ahead. And then you go off and you do what he's asked you to do. And beyond your thinking and your intellect, you find out that's the perfect thing that needed to happen in that situation. And who gets the glory? God gets the glory. And, the, and, and whatever is needed gets done. Everybody goes home happy. Because you spent some time and sought the face of the Lord. You humbled yourself, you prayed, and you sought his face. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's the way it works. Hallelujah. Psalm 24. And three, who shall ascend under the hill of the Lord? Or who shall uh, stand in his holy place? He that has clean hands and a pure heart who hath not lifted his soul unto the vanity nor swore deceitfulness he shall receive the blessing from the lord and righteousness from the god, from the god of his salvation this is the generation of them that seek him that seek thy face o god of jacob Sila, stop and ponder on that hallelujah you and i clean hearts clean clean hands and a pure heart i should say Our hands are clean and our hearts are pure because Jesus paid the price for us. Jesus made us righteous. You see, Jesus made us righteous with his righteousness. See, we were made, he was made to be sin with our sin, but we were made to be righteous with his righteousness. You could do nothing to make yourself righteous. Jesus did it for you. See, those with the clean hands and a pure heart, they seek the Lord. That's you and me, clean hands and a pure heart, praise God, seeking our Father. You see, what's the point of all this? The point of it all is that, of course, good and mighty things happen in our own lives, but not just our lives, brothers and sisters. We got a, we got a, we got a church body, we got the body of Christ we're concerned about. What about the people outside of this assembly? What about the people in this town? What about this land that needs healing? What about that? You see, Jesus said, "The Word of God says here that if we would humble ourselves, if we would pray, and seek His face, and what, turn from our wicked ways—wicked ways or evil, synonymous terms." Well, I know, not necessarily are we out there murdering people and uh, stealing and you know running with girls and all that kind of stuff. Those aren't kind of evil things, but is there any evil in our life? Well, you remember, to answer this question, do you remember in numbers, do you remember when Moses sent 12 spies into the land to spy out the land? Because they wanted to know what was going on. So 12 of them went out into the land, and they looked it out. for 40 days, they seeked out that land, searching it out to see if it was so. And man, they got some wonderful things. In fact, one, they picked a cluster of grapes, brothers and sisters, that it took two of them to carry on a staff between them. That's a pretty good bunch of grapes that take two guys to carry it on a staff. Huh? Glory to God. It was a land of beauty and milk of honey. It was great land. And you know it was a land that God had given to them? It was theirs. God had arranged it all, set it all up, put it all together and said... You, my children, I love you. Here is your land. It's prepared for you. It's wonderful. Enter into that land and enjoy the bounty. Enjoy my blessings. Just go and, oh, I love you, children. Glory to God, it's for you. And those 12 guys came back. And you know, the Bible says that 10 of them came back with an evil report. You know what the evil report was, brothers and sisters? They didn't believe God. They did not believe that what he said was really true. Now again, don't forget, they were at a disadvantage. They were, t- they were picking it all up in their flesh. They weren't, they weren't born again. But there's two other guys out there, named Caleb and Josh, or Caleb and and and, uh, and uh, Joshua. Caleb and Joshua, they had a different idea. In fact, Caleb said, Caleb said, he stood up and he stilled the people. He said, Oh, hold it. Stop. Because they're having negative reports. They're saying, man, we cannot go into that land. There are giants out there. There's so much opposition. We can't do it. They're bigger than us. They're stronger than us. We'll be defeated at every turn. Do not go into that land. It's a death sentence, man. Don't do it. And Caleb stands up and he goes, hold it. Stop. Stop. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no. No, no. We are well able to take the land. Because God has promised to us, he's given us his word that we could enter into that land and we could have it for our own possession. Come on, let's go get it. It's for us, it's ours. And the rest of them said, no, 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 no. Can't get it done. Can't get it done. And you know the Bible says that they brought up an evil report? What I'm saying, brothers and sisters, is when you and I refuse to humble ourselves and believe the word of the living God, you know what, that's evil. If you would humble yourselves, pray, seek my my face and turn from your wicked ways. In other words, turn from rejecting God. Turn from rejecting his word. Turn from rejecting what he has said he's spoken over you. Don't reject that. Receive that. Walk in it. And there will be a change in the land. It's a promise written in the word. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then I'll forgive their sin and heal their land. Amen? Now, you and I are a little different. You and I, our sins have been forgiven. Jesus paid the price. We're in this place. I mean, if you've got sin in your life, well, afterwards we're going to have a time where you can come to the altar here. And you can spend some time with the Lord and deal with that. But otherwise, you know what? You and I have been forgiven. Oh, yeah. We are the children of God. We've got an advantage there. But you know what? This is an example to us in this day and age. This is an example given to you and I how we can see our land changed. How how we can see victory in our own lives. This is a principle, this is, a, this is a, a, a blueprint, a plan given to you and I, a promise from the heavenly father. He said, if my people, if my people, get that in your heart, if my people, not if God, not if some man of God, not if this, that, or that no, if my people, if you, if me, if we will humble ourselves. If we will humble ourselves and pray. If we will do that. If we will follow after this. If we will do that. If we will do that. What does the Bible say that will happen? If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. We need a healing in our land. We need a healing in our churches. We need a healing, brothers and sisters. We need the spirit of the living God to revive us. Because quite frankly, we're not there. We aren't. We might as well admit it. You can shake your head and say yes and agree with that. We are not there, and we're not going to get there if we won't pay attention to the word. See, we don't want to go missing what God has for us. We don't. But the emphasis is on us. Sorry to say that, I I, I don't I'm not. I hope I'm not putting a heavy burden on you where you think, well, I can't get it done. Oh, yes, you can. Sure, you can. Sure, you can. You're laying in bed. It's 5.30 in the morning. you got to get up to go to work. Your body tells you, I can't get out of bed. Your spirit says, yes, you will. People are committed. You're you're committed. You want to make some money. You want your job. You want to keep your job. You're going to get out of bed, and you're going to wash your face. You're going to climb in your vehicle, and you're going to drive off to work. But all the time, your body's saying, I can't get it done. (laughs) I cannot get it done. I want to lay here and go to sleep. Have you ever experienced it? I have, you see, what did it take? I had to humble myself. I had to humble my flesh, and say, no, 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 flesh. You will pay attention to what the inner man. You will pay attention to the inner man and get up out of bed, and you will go. Well, we have to discipline ourselves in the same way when it comes to things of God. There's many times that we sit down and want to relax, and the Spirit of Lord begin to talk to us and say. Why don't you look up a scripture? I've got a special scripture for you. Why don't you go and pray? Why don't you just go seek my face for a bit? We've all had it, haven't we? We've all been there. I know the Spirit of the Lord speaks to you in the same fashion as me because, you know, you got the Holy Ghost and I got the Holy Ghost. It's the same Holy Ghost. So he's not going to tell me one thing and tell you something different. Amen. So we know where we're at. We know where we're at. And bless the Lord. He is for us and not against us. He has, the reason he brings his truth to us, the reason he shows us from his word things that we have to change, is so he knows that if we will be obedient, because he said he'd rather have obedience as opposed to sacrifice, he'd rather we are obedient than sacrifice. If we would do that, he knows that he can pour that blessing upon us that he wants to do. Just like he wanted to bring the children of Israel into that land. He was excited about that. You, would you be as a father? You were going to give a huge, gigantic gift to all your children. Wouldn't you be excited about them coming in and enjoying that? He was excited. But it hurt the father's heart when they wouldn't believe him. It hurt his heart when they, when they said, no, we can't, we, can't, we can't believe you for that, father. We do not believe that you're going to look after us and keep us. Well, let's not do the same thing. Let's not, let's not turn to our Father and go, I can't get that done. I can't do that. You can. You can. Praise the Lord, you can. I can too. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. God's Word is rich and true and pure. Hallelujah. I know it's a little tougher today, but you know what? Sometimes the Lord brings tough things. Sometimes. You know, the, the Word of God is... It's for edification, sure, it edifies us. But, you know, it's also for correction. See, we need correction sometimes. I know when I was a child, I needed a correction. Yeah, you know it too, don't you? Sure, we all did. We still do. God is correcting us and showing us, and, 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 uh, and he will again. He's not finished with us. You know, the Bible says that those whom he loves, he chastens. And you know how he chastens his children? He doesn't do it with a stick. He does it with his word. He brings his word. And you know, when the word of God chastens you, it hits you sometimes harder than a stick, but it feels good. It feels good. I remember one time I was down in the U.S. there, and there was a a gentleman. He'd been struck by lightning twice. He had a plate in his head. Man, could that man preach. And when he was done, you know, when he was done ministering, I felt like I was beat up so bad, but I felt so good. Man, it was great. He had hit me with a word, and oh, it just came. And and, and I I stood up and I go, praise the Lord, I love this. Glory to God, that's good. And I left that place just as blessed as I could be, knowing that I'd been beat up. Well, praise God, God chastened me. And that was good for me. I needed that, because I was a boy that needed a chastening lot. I still do. I still need some chastening, brothers and sisters. I haven't arrived. Oh, now, if you have, you, that's okay. I'll stand back and you step up. But uh, I, you know, I mean, I, I need chastening. I think you do too. And glory to God. And it's good. It's a good thing that the hand of God is upon us and looking after us and keeping, for, keeping us, right? Yeah. Glory to God. It's good. He loves us. He cares for us. Amen. We're a blessed people. Don't ever forget that. Do not let the enemy suppress you. Stand up for the things of God. Stand up for who you are in Jesus and say, I will not be denied. I will not be denied, Jesus. Glory to God. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to press in. I'm going to pray and seek your face. And Lord, I'm going to change my ways. I'm going to start believing you in every turn. I'm going to believe your word and act upon your word. And I'm going to walk right into that land. You see, the the promised land, brothers and sisters, wasn't heaven. You do realize that the promised land wasn't heaven. The promised land... Is the blessings given to the church. That's the way we look at it. It was the blessings for the children of Israel. But the promised land is the blessings that the church will endeavor to to enter into. Now you can be like Caleb and take it at 85. Yeah, 85 years old that man went up and got his mountain. Oh, don't think it's ever too late. Yeah, yeah. 85 years old. Went up and took his inheritance. It's never too late for us, brothers and sisters. Let's get going. Let's get in and take our inheritance. What's rightfully ours? Let's get it. Glory to God. Oh, don't let the enemy stop you and say, you can't get it done. You're too old. You ain't got this. You ain't. No, no. Hold it. No, no, no. No, no. No, I got the spirit of God. I got the spirit of living God. It's going to carry me right on through. I'm going to take my mountain. I'm going right on up. I'm going to see the enemy destroyed in my life. I'm going to move right on there. Take everything that belongs to me. Glory to God. It's mine. And I'm taking it for me. Glory to God. Praise the living God. That's for all of us, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, praise God. Well, I believe I've given what the Lord has asked me to give. But I do want us to stop and think about what's been said and to give opportunity. If you need to come by yourself, this isn't something where we're going to lay hands on you and all that. You, this is a personal thing between you and the Father. If you need to spend some time at the altar and just pray and just, you know, sort of seal something that the Lord has been doing in your heart today. If he's been showing you some things, don't walk out of this place and just put it off to the side because that's really not humbling yourself. You see, the Bible says that you need to, when, when the Lord is speaking to you, you need to seal that. You need to, get, you, need to get, um, you need to get alone with him for a second or two and just cement that and say, Lord, I heard what you said to me. I'm endeavoring to humble myself and I want to follow after what you're telling me. I want to be the child of God that you're calling me to be. And I'm going to come here and I'm just going to spend a little time with you I'm just going to love on you, and I know you're going to love on me. And I'm just going to commit myself again to do what's right and proper in my life. Amen? So praise the Lord. If we could do that song, the one about the altar, that would be just real grand. And while that song is playing, if you just want to come and uh, spend a little time around the altar, that would be grand. Praise I, I encourage you to do that. If you don't know Jesus as a personal Savior, I would ask you to come and speak to me or Pastor Hayward, something will lead you to the Lord. You know, all this we've talked about today is based on being born again. And if you need to know Jesus as your personal Savior, if you haven't been born again by the Spirit of the living God, you come see us. We'd like to lead you to Jesus so that you can experience the blessings that we've experienced. You can experience that love, the peace that passes all understanding. It only comes through Jesus. You can't get it through any other medium. It'll only come through Jesus. Amen. If you need some prayer for some other need, you've you, you got some sickness going on, you've got something or you just want to agree with you in, in something, praise God. Matthew eighteen nineteen tells us that where two or three agree on earth has touched anything, it is done of them their Father which is in heaven. Amen? So come on up. We'll agree with you. We'll see the enemy defeated in your life. Amen? Otherwise, you have a wonderful week. In fact, I think what I'll do is I'm just going to close in prayer. Amen. Thank you, Father. Father, I want to thank you for your precious holy word. Lord, where would we be without your truth? Thank you for drawing us to your word. Lord, we were out there one day, out there way out on a limb, down the wrong path altogether, Lord. And Lord, by your grace and your mercy, you reached out and drew us by the power of your spirit. And we came into the sheepfold. We came to know the living God. And we're so grateful for it. And Lord, you brought your word to us. You brought your truth to us. And we began to read it. And you began to work in our lives and bring understanding to us. Father, I pray today that as we Leave this place, Lord, that that seed of this word, that good seed of the good word would fall upon good ground, fallowed and churned up, loam-like ground, black and dark and rich. You've been working in the hearts of people, churning that soil, Lord. Lord, I pray that that seed would drop deep into that soil And, Lord, it wouldn't be trodden down, wouldn't fall by the wayside, be no thorns or thistles choking it out, but rather it would grow up and mature and bring forth fruit. Ah, yes, much fruit, Lord. And that your name would be glorified. Your name would be glorified, Lord. Bless us, Father. Help us to endeavor to do what you've called us to do. Help us to make a difference in our community. And Lord, as we grow in this area and and make a difference in this community, help us to reach out and make a difference in other communities. Help us. Help us, Lord. You're the head. We're the body. The many members. Lord Jesus, we ask that we, your members, would work diligently to do what you've called us to do. Give us the strength. Give us the wherewithal. Bring in the resources that we need to do it. Thank you for your humility in our lives, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. God bless you. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry.